When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And uh, this is Max Rushton. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Where we had, uh, it was quite an eclectic lineup of guests, which included a man we hadn't spoken to before, but hopefully we'll speak to again. Uh, Loiso Gola is a South African comedian, Arsenal fan, and he's got a new Netflix special, so he was on good form, wasn't he? Yeah, he was good. Gets mistaken for Carnu. He does, as he explains, yes. Uh, our man in Italy, Sheridan Bird, joined us. He's been on uh, Gaza Watch on their version of I'm a Celebrity, so he told us how uh, Paul is getting on. And uh, a fascinating story <clears throat> uh, from a guy called Liam Cocotti, who is a journalist for Nutmeg magazine uh, re- uh, regarding Dundee United and Africa, and even one of our team, Tony, popped in to stand the story up. It's quite amazing. It's by the look of the emails and texts today, has amazed many of the listeners. So, uh, and, and we had a chat. We we got you involved. We Here did. it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Max. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, and very sad news about Frank Worthington. Mm. And uh, we'll talk to Big Al about that and that goal, which is sort of my my yeah. overriding memory. But I think for most people who didn't see him play, um, the the goal for Bolton against Ipswich is is the one. There. I mean, everybody's seen it and see it in your mind's eye. Frank's back to goal, does a bit of keepy uppy, t- flicks it over his head, uh, turns the defenders and volleys in on yeah. the edge of the box. It's a, it's a Roy of the Rovers. It's, stupid it's more goal. than turns the defenders. Yeah. Like that, it's like the whole. It's like the Arsenal offside trap, all yeah. pushing up at the same time, isn't it? Yeah. It's just they're miraculous. all queuing for a cup of tea. Aren't um, they? Uh, somebody has uh, honest, uh, uh, honest Frank on Twitter has, has sent out his Frank Worthington's focus on when he was yes. at Bolton. Yes, I did. See it? I, yeah, it's brilliant, oh, isn't it? It's so good. It's yeah. very biggest good. influence on career, Elvis. Biggest disappointment, not getting the lead part in the TV series, The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> Most difficult opponent, the Tax Man. Yes, yeah, it's uh, it's it's great, isn't it? It's really good. Favorite actors, Elvis, Bill Maynard, <laughs> and Robert Mitchum. That was uh, yeah. I saw him do a couple of. Uh, he did uh, one of the lounges, I think, at Wembley once, and he was doing the uh, doing the after dinner stuff. He was very good here, as you can imagine. Sure. Um, and uh, yeah, he was very. He was he was quite the character. We had him on a few times over the years, and I know he's. Um, my Sporting Life with Danny Kelly, which is a great listen. Um, you get another chance to hear that 
tonight, I think at nine o'clock. Okay, and that's there's good. some great, I mean, there's some great stories, great moments in his career. He almost went to Liverpool. I think he nails uh, a few mysteries uh, around that. His time with England. There are some brilliant stories emerging today. Um, uh, journalist Paul Haywood sent out um, uh, a little piece, a little comment uh, earlier on. Um, he said that in 1972, uh, Frank turned up at Heathrow for an England under-23 trip in cowboy boots, red silk shirt and lime velvet jacket. <laughs> and according to Leo McKinstry, uh, uh, Sir Alf Ramsey said, well, I can't tell you what he said because he's quite sweary for Alf. He said, oh, what have I done? <laughs> so, I, I mean, again, he, he fits into that bracket. You, you probably saw the excellent TV series a few years back, The Mavericks. Sure. Players like Birchinall and Curry and Hudson and Bowles and all best and all these guys. I mean, you know, criminally, Frank only got a couple of England caps. Marsh, all these guys, they they were just overlooked, you know, because you, you know, you, you had because to build they, it. Is it they wouldn't track back, is it? Well, you know, they yeah, wouldn't I mean, cover the full back. There's no way you could say, I just want you to just slip in at, yeah, just slip in at left back, just get, get up and down the channel. They're not going to do that, but what they give you instead is is something beautiful. So oh, I'm looking forward to hearing Big Al talk yeah. about him and talk about that, that day when uh, uh, Frank Worthington scored that goal. I mean, uh, last night there was not a game of football. I mean, I tweeted. I saw. I saw your old mate Philip O'Clair found a couple of games <laughs> for you, but you weren't. You weren't particularly interested. Was, it was something like Munch and Gladbach's under twenty threes v Bochum. I was like, <laughs> this. Is, I think I was trying to work it out. I think if you include the Championship, yeah, Premier League, European football. Yesterday was the first day of the year. It's not where, been there, any where there was or... not a game you could just flick on and sit mm. and watch. You'd have to go and you'd really have to try and dig it out. Yeah. You could watch only connect without feeling guilty. There you was know... there was a Argentinian league game on as well. I think he also yes, said, didn't yeah, you? or no, a Colombian was. league match. There was a shock. <laughs> There was a shock in the Colombian League. We're talking there about Colombia later, actually. Yeah, yeah. So I don't have the result of that. And frankly, I rejoiced. I, mean, <laughs> I, I tweeted, you'll never see anything like it. Drink it in. Yeah. I mean, it is a question, you know, it's a serious question about the way, you know, you can have too much of a good thing, yeah. you know. And I know mm. I'm on TalkSport a lot at the moment. I, I confess you can send that text in if you like, but mm. you can have too much of a good thing. <laughs> and it was just night, you know, that's why I'd Let's love have it. have a night off. I'd love it to just, let's just, End Thursday night, you know, just don't. Thursday can be a day off, yeah, you know, because then you might, you know, just it just never ends. It never ends. No, it's it? true, it doesn't. It's, you know? it's like infinity, and, I, and you can't complain about you know getting paid to watch football, and mm. rightly so, because yeah. there are harder jobs in the world, but. Just occasionally, it's just nice to go. I watch Indiana Jones, and I won't have to have my laptop <coughs> open <coughs> with Nottingham Forest QPR on in the background. With <laughs> now, all due respect to those, we, two. we're going to set the listeners to work, aren't we? So let's do oh, that yes. now. Um, first up, um, Sean Murphy from the world of snooker. He, he has a skill, doesn't he? He does. This is from the Daily Star today. Snooker star Sean Murphy yeah. says he can pop thirteen Krispy Kreme donuts in a single session. Mm. He says uh, the 2005 world champion who has won four and a half million in prize money said he's proud of the achievement because they usually only come in boxes of 12 right which does beg the question somebody tweeted does he buy a box and then just one for the road yeah does he <laughs> does he do they give him a kind of they just give him the extra one because it's sean they know him possibly um, so the, the question here to yeah. barry i i i think two months ago you'd have said save this for the weekend but i, well, I've I was supplying you, you i was supplying you a material wasn't i for the weekend on yeah Friday. yes he did you yeah, gave the us joe a, ledley a sponsored beard it was very good it was yeah, it worked it very well, well as a text it oh, really did yes it's a pleasure um <laughs> you can have a, you can have a, produ a producer <laughs> credit at, in, at have, the end i'll have the remaining 11 donuts in sean's box that he doesn't eat so the question is what is the most the biggest number 
of a single thing yeah. you have eaten in one sitting. Right. Would you like a few that I've yes, tweeted please. out? Yes, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Dazed Pinhead says 32 chicken strips from KFC. Right. Uh, Daniel, 36 cherry bakewells. 36? Yes. You've got to have a drink with that. You've got to have a cup of tea to <laughs> work right. that down. That would get a bit cloying, Where's the wall? Thing? Where's the wall in your 36? Where's is the it, is it when you hit 21? The, the cherry bakewell wall. <laughs> you have to get yeah. to 21 in your 36, training. 36, that's a lot. The old teeth are being on edge because of all the icing. Uh, you, How many oh, cherries? How many <laughs> cherries is that? I could 36 glass of cherries, no. to be honest. GSG says, restaurant in Paris when studying there, slices of beef a volonté, i.e. all you can eat. Oh, yeah. I managed 67 slices to the increasing horror of the waiters who were used to Parisians maybe managing 15 to 20. Right. 67. And there's a lot of fighting over the Pizza Hut record. Uh, this is a local baggies fan mm. 25 slices of deep pan pizza in one sitting oh, at the pizza hut buffet back when i was 13 or 14 i guess that's mm. when i peaked he says this is elvis country that many's not it good is. so anyway um if you want to add to the list this afternoon don't be proud of yourself nothing to be proud of or maybe it is maybe you're in the world of competitive eating and you make a very good living from it joey chestnut calls in we'll doff our cap to him the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast from talk sport our next guest uh, has I, I believe the term uh, is dropping isn't it as a um netflix stand-up special dropping uh tomorrow and um he's an arsenal fan we've guessed from his um from a tweet of march the 14th that said come on arsenal come on arsenal come on arsenal come on arsenal yes yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> so we read between two the lines. and two together we guess he's an arsenal fan some player in his youth from what we see of his basketball skills as well yeah but obviously a very successful uh, comedian um uh, unlearning is his second uh, stand-up comedy special Loiso Gola. Good afternoon, Loiso. Hey, how are you guys doing? Yeah, we're good. good. Thank you. We're good. Well, congratulations on another stand-up special. We've spoken to a number of comedians who've who've had these, and it's it's kind of it's global recognition, isn't it? I'd say once you can actually start travelling around the globe again, people will start recognising you. Indeed, I think that's yeah, that's one that's one cool thing about that. But I'm all for the idea of surviving this COVID thing first. Yeah, of course. You know, like. Like people are acting like it's over. No, it's, it's not over. It's uh, it, we could find another strain and it could get worse. We never know. So yeah. I just you know I'm focused on like staying alive first. Are, are What's you... your future plan? Staying alive. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the, that's, the, that's it. That's as far as it goes. Are you in South Africa at the moment, Louisa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in Johannesburg yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Um, just uh, just doing some press for the for the for the special. The, the vaccine rollout has, has been quite slow, hasn't it? There, well, one of our cricket uh, commentators is, uh, lives in South Africa and said it's it's been quite a slow rollout so far. Slow is an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> it's more than non. It's more like non-existent. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Um, well, I mean, I don't know. I might. I don't. I don't know. It's. I haven't been following, but it's not much is happening. And yeah. um, uh, even like frontline workers are not, the, the vaccine is not being rolled out. But I don't know, I'm not really fully following it, so I can't really speak on it at the moment. No, sure. No, no it's all right. We can talk to you about uh, Arsenal and about your, your Netflix show, uh, more importantly. It's called Unlearning. <clears throat> are, are you trying to unlearn things? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do in my 30s um, <laughs> because I just realised that I can't just go... Um, on living life the way I am in terms of just beliefs and understanding and navigating the world. Things have changed. Things are changing. So I gotta always keep this unlearning part of me open all the time. 
What, so that's my personal journey that I turned into a show. What What was your route into the world of comedy and stand-up? It was a school project. Oh. It was like a school project, almost like a, I don't know, um, you guys have that in Britain, it's called job shadowing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you follow a career and then if you like it, you kind of stick to it. If you don't, just, I don't know. So that's what I chose, stand-up, and boom, yeah, and, and what did you shadow another comic? Because well, normally with us, you go to school. It's like you have to follow an accountant yeah. or someone, isn't it? You know, mm. no one, no one gave me the option to follow. We a, never had an option to make comedian. Eddie yeah. Izzard a cup of tea. <laughs> exactly. Nobody gave us that option. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, my uh, my drama teacher recommended I follow a, a bunch of comedians. Wow. And yeah, and I've, I haven't stopped doing stand up since that week. Amazing. Did you? I mean, were you? Was it the old school clown thing, or did you kind of feel you that was a strength? Did you always make people laugh? I was more. I was better spoken than most kids. Mm. I don't. I wasn't a class clown as much. Um, I was um, more inquisitive than most than the rest of the kids. I think, but I wasn't funnier than. I was never the funny guy in right. school. It's interesting because until from- until until. Until later in high school. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, in, it's interesting because quite often comedians say, I was no good at football, so mm. I had to make people laugh. But yeah. you, were, you were quite good at football. I was decent mm. at football. Mm. Some of my friends, well, I went on to play pro. Um, it's crazy because I played basketball when I was 14 and on a provincial level. And there was a guy, we played in the same position. We were sent to exactly the same height. I was well, about 6'2 at that age, I think. Um, and I, he went on to play professional rugby um, for the Sharks right. and went to play for another team in France. And then there was another guy who always used to play. He went to play football in Belgium and he played for the South African national team. So I was always like in a really sporty, competitive situation. But for me, I, was, uh, I wasn't keen on the hard training. I didn't <laughs> like that. It really bothered me like... There was this person shouting for us to run, and I'm just like, yo, I'm tired. I just finished school, and I am just want to sleep. And this person is like, yo, got to run. And I hate it. I genuinely hated that. Um, but um, I, I, was, I, I was asked once to go try out for a professional team, really? and I didn't go because my friends laughed at me. There was a team which doesn't exist anymore. It was called Hellenic, and they were in the premiership. And mm. one guy saw me play, and he saw my height. He said, I like your height. I like the way you just come to the trials. And I told this to my friends and my friends laughed and I never went to the trials. Oh, no. What are you, it could have yeah, been I so never went different. to the trials. You could have been playing up front for Manchester United or, or even Arsenal. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was a, I was a, I was a, I was a, I, I, I mean, listen, I, I, I don't think I'm, I'm an athlete in that sense. Also, yeah. I was very injury prone. I've got a very awkward body. My body just breaks down. Every, oh, like now I've got yeah. this weird groin injury because I was playing some football like a couple of weeks ago and I'm just like, do I still have to do this? <laughs> um, and, and the weird thing about a groin injury is so close to your very, to the, to your very gentle areas. Indeed. So every time you like massage... <laughs> for, for every time you massage that part of your body, it just mm. looks weird from someone looking outside. They're yeah. like, what's that guy doing? <laughs> like, I've got a groin injury. Yeah, sure you do, buddy. We've sure all, you do. We've all heard that one before. Um, yeah. how, come you're, yeah. how, how come you're an Arsenal fan? Um, it's crazy. When I was, when I was young, uh, at the time, 
think it was like 97, 98, those, those times. Oh, I think wow. Arsenal just had the most amount of black players in there. Mm. It was that simple. It was, it was just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it was that simple. I was like, oh, because it was before that, I didn't, we didn't have the, we didn't watch the games. Like, we didn't watch sports when Paul Gascoigne and them were playing. When I mean, we'd see the highlights, but sporting rights became pretty quite massive in the late 90s. And so we were able to see these games and we were watching the games. I don't know, I just wanted to see black players in the, doing, playing international football. And that's what our important representation is to kids. Like as soon as I saw players that looked like me, I was like, okay, that's my team, definitely. Mm. I saw a tweet uh, from last week where you were you were basically saying every time you come to London, you go to the Emirates and everyone thinks you're Kanu. And once you, <laughs> once, once you got into a confrontation with a Nigerian bloke at JFK Airport and you had to get your ID out yeah, to say, I'm not Kanu. Dude, you don't understand. It happens all the time. And it depends on whatever mood I'm in is how I react <laughs> to the situation. Sometimes I'm in a great mood. I'm like, hey, or sometimes I'm like, man, you need to leave me alone. I'm not Kanu. And I see the resemblance but I look like Kanu like 15 years ago. Yeah. Like surely Kanu doesn't look the same. It, but, it's a, but it's a reasonable, it's like, a, it, you, know, you know when something is so harmless, it's funny and it's one of those things. And this dude at JFK wanted to take a picture and I probably should have just taken the picture and, and got on with it. But I was like, listen, man, I'm, I'm really not Kanu. And, and I think Kanu was in that team that, when did Kanu come to Arsenal? 2001, right? something um, like that yeah probably would have been around yeah time. very early 2000s I remember Kanu came to Arsenal yeah. I thought he was an exciting player, oh, I, was, player. I was fascinated by him what a player but he didn't stay too long which was quite annoying I can see like, I can see a passing resemblance uh, just, are, are you, you six just, foot just, right are you, are you, <laughs> how tall are you Louis are you six foot six I'm six five, oh, six five. good okay. feet for a big that's man where the, that's yeah. where it comes from yeah, yeah. okay that's where it really comes from. The facial resemblance is touch and go. But yeah. when you pair it with the height, the people go, yeah, that's Kanu. It happens. I swear to God, one day I'll, we'll go to the Emirates and just spend like a whole trip with me. You, there will be someone who stops me or goes Kanu or at least points and go, oh, there's Kanu and just moves on with their life. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not Kanu. <laughs> Well, but it's, it's fun. It's, it's fun. It's been good to speak to you, like I said. We wish you well with the uh, the new uh, comedy special, and uh, we'll hopefully catch up with you again in the future. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, guys. A pleasure. Uh, thank you. Uh, you've also been telling us about uh, your things that you can devour in the style of Sean Murphy, the yes. snooker style. You can eat 13 crystal greens. in one yeah. sitting. Mm. Uh, Noel says, I once ate 56 chicken wings at an all-you-can-eat buffet in, in a restaurant in Brighton. The reason was to justify my, to my then-girlfriend remaining in the restaurant and seeing extra time and penalties in the drab France-Italy 98 World Cup quarterfinal, which France won 4-3 yeah. on penalties. Uh, this is anonymous and just says, I've eaten 24 fab lollies in one sitting. That's quite well, an That's quite an order. Deal. Scott says, I ate 47 bags of Golden Wonder salt and vinegar crisps in one evening whilst watching Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke. Yeah, I, I think there was a reason for that. <laughs> Quite possibly, Scott. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. We're also delighted to see Paul Gascoigne seemingly enjoying himself on Italian I'm a Celebrity. I think all of us, when we heard he was doing it, were slightly concerned for his well-being. I but confess all, I haven't seen every episode but no, of this, No, but Paul. all the time he's enjoying it and having a good time, then uh, that's the important thing. Um, so we thought we would cross uh, to uh, Italy and find out just what they're making of it over there. Sheridan Bird normally talks to us about important matters like, um, you know, Italian internationals and transfer stories and... Milan, but here we are talking about um, reality TV. Sorry, Sheridan. That's okay. How, how are you doing, guys? Good, thank you. Um, so, as I said, it, it seems he's been very popular in the camp and and would appear to be enjoying himself at the moment. Yeah, he seems on good form, which is it's really nice to see. He seems to be, uh, you know, mellowing. He seems quite philosophical when his team loses to various challenges they have to do, which uh, I'm not a big viewer of reality TV, but I know that they have these challenges where they win their personal effects and food stuffs and that kind of thing. And uh, they, they won a couple of those and lost a couple of those. And he's been chirpy, philosophical. He's he's brought out some old anecdotes as well about the time he uh, he took a, an ostrich to Tottenham training and everyone everyone seemed to enjoy that. The time he commanded, I think it was the England team bus um, and drove that through uh, through Oxford Circus and the people that were still there listening were enjoyed that story and, and to add to the charm of course it's in it's in non-perfect italian with a thick geordie accent <laughs> that's what i was going to say how is his italian it's not too bad i mean i'll be honest with you he makes errors that a lot of people who haven't perhaps spoken a language for 20 or 30 years make he, but he gets the gist he gets the meaning across people get the idea some of the other contestants on the island have a bit of English themselves. Not all of them are massively um, intellectual, let's say, but some of them can help him out when he can't remember a word or a verb. So, you know, as you would imagine with an entertainer and a communicator like Paul Gascoigne, he gets his message across and more often than not, it's uh, it's positive. Mm. He did shock the camp, though, when he admitted he likes a bit of pineapple on his pizza. Apparently the purists amongst them, they were absolutely gutted. They, they, could, they could not see it as a topping at all, Sheridan. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a long-standing thing that Italians uh, you know, don't like 
uh, pineapple on pizza. And I'll be quite honest with you, I agree with that. The only time it upsets me is when they think it's an English or British invention. It's not. I mean, the, cute, the clue's in the name. It's called the Hawaiian, and I'll leave yeah. it there. <laughs> um, who, who's who's in there with him? Like the, the, the one thing about these shows is when they all sort of enter and no one has a clue who anyone else is and they have to introduce themselves, but they're celebrities. Did everybody go, oh, that's Paul Gascoigne? Um, well, to answer the first question, uh, put it this way. I've lived here for over 10 years now, and I didn't recognise any of the other people <laughs> in the camp. I will say that there is the granddaughter or, or, or a child of uh, the Gucci family is in there. Oh, sort okay. of a 19-year-old Sloanish girl who's very pre- uh, pleasant and, and very quiet as well. That doesn't really say much. The others are ex-actors and ex-presenters who uh, you know need a bit of a boost. So the profile of the guests... I'm trying to be diplomatic. The profile mm. of the guests are it's not uh, it's not Brad Pitt and uh, and George Clooney. Put it that way. Well, one of his one of his fans who said uh, Paul is number one on the island. So funny, I can't stop laughing. Was uh, an actress who spent a bit of time in the adult industry. I think it's fair to say. Okay, yes. She's yes. Uh, this is uh, Ava Henger. She's a big fan of his, and they did a link up with his old bodyguard who looked after him when he was at Lazio, and apparently got he got quite. Tearful. It was like a special guest they did on a video link, and he told a few old war stories involving. You can imagine looking what looking after him in Lazio was like. But uh, Gaza got they're quite uh, nostalgic. Yeah, I mean he does. Well, I think we all know that he's an emotional man. Yeah. And in 1990, the World Cup, and, and and all that, as they say, and he and he's been likable. And I think the other people who haven't heard of him, because the other thing we have to remember is that. These programs are aimed at, you know, let's be honest, young people. And, and if you're sort of someone under the age of 48, you're probably not going to be aware of who Paul Gascoigne is. And I don't mean that with disrespect because he's one of the best players England have ever produced in terms of creativity. But he's not getting a lot of time in the edit only because two reasons, really. There, there are other people that are more televisual, a bit more um, combustible on the island, you know, some divas and some some slightly fragile um, dramatic men uh, and also uh, the fact that he just isn't to a, a core amount of their audience I just say he isn't that famous but hopefully he's winning a new uh, a new army of fans fantastic well we, we may we may check in again so keep watching Sheridan <laughs> watch eight. every minute of it um, when he's when oh, he's yeah, absolutely when he's the king of the jungle that'll be great thanks for joining us appreciate it the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Last week in the garden, a bizarre story popped up. It originated from Nutmeg uh, magazine. It was written by uh, Liam Cocotti. And it is. Um, well, the premise is that the, the term Dundee United um, basically means idiocy in <laughs> Nigeria. Nigeria. Yeah. And you think, come on. But no. Uh, it's an extensive piece that looks at many of the reasons why we think we may have uh, got to the reason why. Certainly, uh, Liam does. And he, he joins us now. Good afternoon, Liam. Good afternoon. How are you? Yeah, we're good. Um, we're subsequently discovering via some of our team, one of which we'll be chatting to in a moment, and a number of talk sport listeners are all quite surprised that we didn't know this before. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, but it, I think for most of the listeners, it will come as a surprise. Yeah, well, it was a surprise to me, to be honest with you. It certainly was. Um, and, and, and you sort of came across it because you were watching a documentary where it was just kind of said in passing. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it turns out Nigerians have been saying this for years, but the first I knew about it was a, there was a 2010 BBC documentary about, about Lagos. And it was just, you know, it wasn't the, the point of the show, but it cut to a, a guy called Chubby who lived in a um, kind of small community in the capital who said, basically, yeah, if, you, if you're a Dundee United round here, if you're a fool, if you're an idiot, then you're going to get trouble. And, you know, after that, the documentary just continues and they, they explore all sorts of different cultural issues around Nigeria. But for any Scottish football fan watching, it was just... It's one of these moments where you think, what did you just say? Did that just happen? <laughs> and and so, that was, you know, that was 2010. So yeah. that's been bothering me for about 11 years, to be honest. And tell us about your, you know, this, this is, as you say, vitally important slash sort of pointless journalistic exploits to, f- to get to the bottom <laughs> of it. Yeah, I don't, I'm not saying it's a good use of my, uh, of my time. But yeah, so I, I mean, I spoke to lots of different Nigerians, first of all, just to check that it was true you know so it was also possible they were just I, I misunderstood or something but yeah it is I mean, it's a thing a lot of them associate um with a lot of people sort of reference to like if a, if a child wasn't studying you know or they weren't doing their homework or they're doing something a bit stupid or dangerous they'd say hey dundee united stop it um, and then over time that's that's kind of changed sometimes it's just dundee now so that's a bit of a shame for the dundee football club because obviously there are our rivals so they appear to have been dragged into it too i'm afraid uh, Tony has joined us. Uh, he's one of our production team here at Talksport and of uh, Nigerian heritage. And uh, Tony, again, you were a bit surprised that we'd not heard this. This is quite common, is it? Yeah, it's um, quite common from coming from a Nigerian household. <laughs> the amount of times my mum has called me either Dundee or Dundee United, I really didn't yeah. think you guys didn't know. Like, so, so is it? You're you are a Dundee United or just come on Dundee? It's what? it's a bit of both. So you can say if someone called me dumb, like oh you're pretty dumb, or that was. Or you look at you, Dundee, Dundee United. Do you know what I mean? That's how you would say it. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a common thing in Nigeria. What, what I love about it is that Dundee fans probably would lord it over Dundee United fans, but now it's shortened to a Dundee. They can't even do that, can they? Yeah. They're, both, they're both in the, the barrel together. Well, you know, the sad thing was Dundee United weren't particularly helpful with this investigation. They mm. didn't seem to, to realise the importance of the whole thing. And <laughs> Dundee actually were quite helpful initially until I did, you know, I had to tell them, you know, actually, it's not just Dundee United that's getting used this way. <laughs> and um, they and called. That, they were less interested um, oh. in the investigation. You, you looked at various reasons why. You think it goes back to a, a tour that they did post-season in the 70s when they were a bit undercooked, not particularly up for it, and didn't show themselves in the most positive light. And you think that's where it comes from? Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, there are multiple theories. Um, mm. And, you know, the way that language changes, it's quite hard to actually be completely sure. But, yeah, the, I think my theory is that it was a post-1972 um, season tour. So Jim McLean, who you've probably heard of, you oh, know, yeah. United's most successful manager, really, um, he had just arrived. So he came in um, around Christmas and was told, listen, you're taking the team to Nigeria on this tour and probably wasn't very happy about this. Jim McLean wasn't a man who minced his words, you know. Um, so, yeah, they went over and they were, I mean, they were atrocious. And at the time, people had quite high expectations of Dundee United. So they were playing against these quite small local teams, you know, um, and the, the, it was just appalling. And beyond that, I think they also insulted a lot of people quite badly. There was a, um, a newspaper report that went out in Scotland, which was actually widely reproduced in the Nigerian press. Um, one of the headlines was, don't come back, you know. They right. really, really didn't like Dundee United very much. And part of it was because the United Centre forward at the time had written a report saying that hyenas and vultures had met him at the airport, which a lot of people, you know, kind of took offence to, because obviously that's kind of gibberish. Mm. Uh, Tony, had you ever questioned where this come from? Or was it just accepted that, that that's Dundee and Dundee United is used? Or um, did you ever look into it? I did as a kid. I thought 
at first, why are my parents calling me Dundee? Dundee United? <laughs> and then, uh, but it's because I feel like I know they were calling me dumb or like an idiot at the time. So I thought it kind of Dundee kind of sounds like dumb in a sense. Okay, so yeah, that's I, can I kind of, that. And I called my mum uh, just before to see like, oh, mum, do you know why your mum called you Dundee United? And she doesn't know either. Like wow. it's just a part of just a part of Nigerian but culture. But uh, when when they were saying yeah. you know the the not doing your homework thing, that was when you started grinning as if that was the moment when you were called Dundee. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I've, I've yeah. been called Dundee, Dundee United, all yeah. sorts. Yeah. So your your mum being called it. Um, so what I mean would that fit with that sort of seventies? Well, this the thing. If my mum was called it, my mum was born in the sixties. Mm. So. Maybe or even oh, we could have opened a can of worms here, Liam. Tony's not sure. You well, must, there must be. Could it go back? I'll further. tell you. I really. I don't want to go back into this investigation. <laughs> <laughs> my life that I've lost to this, you know, it's hours and hours. Of, I went through 1970s Nigerian press, you know. Like, <laughs> the, the nice thing is I'm actually in touch with some of the Nigerian teams now. So although oh, wow. Dundee United aren't um, particularly forthcoming, I'm hoping that Stationery Stores, which is a team that. Um, Drew with United and then beat them once, I think. So United lost 4-1 in our final yeah. game to Stationery Stores, which is a bit of humiliation. So I'm hopeful that they'll help me um, arrange some sort of rematch. Might be nice to take some take uh, a Dundee United representative team back yeah. to Nigeria and do, and to do, tour. be incredibly yeah, yeah. polite, yeah, do it incredibly do well, it properly and, and bury change it. the meaning of Dundee and United, yeah. and make them drop the United from the insult. <laughs> so it's just Dundee, That's right. and yeah. hopefully win a game this time as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a fascinating story, Liam. Well done. We're pleased you put the hours in, so we didn't have to. So uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks very much. There we are, Cheers Liam Kakori there from Nutmeg. Thank you, Tony. Thanks Thank for you. that. I'd, I'd, to be fair, having worked with Tony for quite a long time on the weekend shows, mm. I would never, his work ethic is good and he seems You'd never quite call him right. A, I'd never call him a Dundee United. But now you're armed with that. Upset. You're armed with yeah. that if you're not happy with yeah. something. What is okay. it now? It's like, well, who's doing terribly wow. now? Hearts are having a great time. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to change. We've got to introduce another team. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, do you know those footballers' phrases, the only footballers tend to use the old thing, you know, how did you feel after I was lower than a Snake's belly, as mm. they say. You know, yeah. this was one from one of the Cambridge players talking about Wes Houlihan. Oh, who, was, who was chatting? I oh, was. It, it was Hiram oh, Boateng. That's right. Yes, who yes. said uh, he could? Uh, Wes could not make a mermaid. Well, he could. It's uh, one I've not heard. <laughs> Did not is heard it, that is one. Quite common. Or? I think I'd heard that one before. The one I really liked was um, uh, when uh, Usain Bolt tried to play for the Central Coast Mariners. Yeah, and someone that. said he's got. A first touch like a trampoline. <laughs> I enjoyed that one. The one, the, the one that's always got me on that was uh, Didier Zakora and uh, the description of... Quite a decent centre mid one, Zakora. But no, his touch wasn't the greatest. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it was in the trampoline envelope, but the phrase, like a dog chasing a balloon, <laughs> yes. was, it was just so descriptive, uh, really. Yeah. I did like... Uh, yeah, I mean, to be fair, Wes Houlihan was absolutely sensational yeah. on Saturday and we beat Forest Green it was a massive game at the top of League 2 it was incredibly tight that was a wonderful moment and he is a wonderful player and I I, yeah. I, I, mean, I, I feel sort of I real sort of feel intense emotional love for really? Wesley Lahan yeah wow. it's it's age shouldn't I be the to the point where he should be worried if <clears> I was <throat> if I was close to him yeah you know I remember years ago you just see players and uh, you think you could probably play at a higher level than that if you wanted to. I remember seeing Frankie Gray, the old Scotland Leeds player, brother of Eddie, turn out for Darlington. I just went, you know, we got nothing to do one afternoon. I was at a mate's house over in South London yeah. when I was first started doing 90 Minutes, Dan, who I started 90 Minutes with. And we, we were working hard and we felt like we needed a couple of hours off. 
And he said, oh, Welling have got a game against Darlington. It's about yeah, that's, a, that's a tough sell. Yeah, that, so, but we thought it was a big game because Darlington brought a lot of fans down. I think it got them back into the league if they won that day. It's about 1990. We thought, yeah, I'm right. This is quite exciting. We probably, you know, we could do a couple of hours off. So we went down there. And, you know, he was just like 10 times better than any other player on the pitch. You know, you just get that sometimes. You just got, they just got too many sort of game smarts for people. Yeah, his touch is so great. You didn't see yesterday. Obviously, you know, there's, there was no <laughs> Premier League football for one night. Mm. It was sort of quite a relief, wasn't it? That the Premier League sent a tweet out yesterday uh, with a picture of the league table saying, rate your team's position out of 10. I couldn't help saying, it's easy to rate it out of 20, you know? <laughs> isn't there? Isn't, there is some kind of parameters already set for <laughs> if that, only, there, really? If only there was a way yeah. of, of working out which team is where in the division. I enjoyed that from the Premier League. Mm. Um, lots of people getting in touch today. Samuel said, hearing about the Dundee, Dundee United insult is literally the best <laughs> sporting banter I've found out in years. That's it's not great, a Ghanaian heritage. I will gladly borrow this term to spread across the diaspora, yeah. he says. Apparently, doing a Leeds is a phrase in Korea. Um, doing a Leeds uh, is synonymous with potentially dire consequences for domestic clubs in financial mismanagement. It sort of came around, right. obviously, in the sort of, you know, after they got to the Champions League. Goldfish all got company cars. But yes, it's become a phrase in Korea what for, about for that? companies that are doing badly. Uh, so I think it goes beyond football in Korea, that if you're doing a Leeds, things yeah. are not going quite so well. Ross says, whenever my brother and I play pool or snooker, when you bounce a ball off the cushion into a pocket, we call it a Dion Dublin. We've been doing it since 1999. I don't know why. <laughs> what is that? Have you seen, is it, was it Samuel you were reading out earlier on? Yes, because yes, he I says, his, I'm yeah. of uh, Ghanaian yeah, heritage. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. And he says, you're going to take it out there as well. Perfect. Yeah. Did you read that last I read that one. I'm yeah, sorry. But that's okay. I knew you, you read the start of it. Pay total attention I to did, maybe to Andy. I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry, Samuel. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, Max. I, I, I didn't hear you read the whole of it, just the the start of it. Uh, Barca Jim has been in touch uh, on the on the, here on Boateng saying, Wes Houlihan mm. could not make a mermaid. Um, a Celtic winger. Davy Proven apparently said to Rangers Alex McDonald, I could keep a beach ball off you in a phone box, wee man. <laughs> control what was it? The it was the old only an excuse line, wasn't it? He could control a ball on a bouncy castle, another one of these uh, other I, I ate twenty-four Iceland chock ices <laughs> whilst watching the nineteen eighty-seven FA Cup final, says Paul the Baggies fan. I suppose if How many chock ices was he at ninety minutes, do you reckon? <laughs> if you've got no skin in the game, you think, well look, I don't care if Cov or Spurs win this, so I'll just have I'll have 87, sorry, not 87, I'll have 24 chalk ices. Yes. Maybe you've got to have one for every year of the uh, the cup this final. Is, um, this is, yes, mm. Sean Murphy can eat 13 Krispy Kreme donuts, the mm. sneaker player. Jill says, well, once as a kid I ate an entire tray of Ferrero Rocher, 24 in total. was very ill afterwards, I've never touched them since. Jedi Nige says, I once ate a whole packet of Roundtree's fruit pastels without chewing. God, that's not easy, is it? Well, pastel-based uh, eating, yes. Stuart says, I ate 14 packets of Roundtree's fruit pastels whilst watching Warwickshire at Edgbaston. <laughs> the sport aspect of it is good. <laughs> then he adds, roof of mouth bled for days, <laughs> cut by sugar crystals. So wow. uh, there we are. God, that's, so you know when they sort of play mm. through the pain? You know, so Sam yeah. Billings is out there batting now and he's done his shoulder, mm. eating the mm. fruit pastels through the pain. I mean, unless he's, being, unless he's attempting some sort of challenge, you could just stop. Yeah. You know, you could just say it's okay. I don't know if my mouth is bleeding. <laughs> Normally, I find if my mouth is bleeding, That's it's, when a you dip out. To, it's a sign mm. to stop eating. Yeah. Andy says, Samuel's been in oh, touch. Yes, no, I'm only joking. Yeah. <laughs> Andy says, I did 24 Weetabix <clears throat> on a break at work in five right. minutes. Milk, then mash them. Away you go. I don't. 
you don't need to tempt me into doing this. And Chris says, I ate 64 slices <clears> of American <throat> cheese and thought I'd gone blind as a result. Oh. Craig says, I don't know how excited you are about <clears throat> amounts of things people have eaten, but Craig says, I'd, I'd, done, I'd done 52 fish fingers one Christmas day when I was hungover. That's a bleak <laughs> Christmas day, isn't <laughs> it? Listen to this. I was hungover and couldn't be bothered to go around to my parents' house for the annual turkey. Top show as per. Surely Craig, all the days to go, I know I've got a hangover because Christmas Eve can be quite the night out, can't yeah. it? Like, but in, the, in, that sort of, in those years where you live at home, right, you're still at home, but you, you've just started going out and Christmas, suddenly Christmas Eve has changed from, you know, night in, early night to mm. out on the town and Christmas Day with a hangover is a terrible day because oh, yeah, it's yeah, family yeah. and it's hard work. But you've got to go, haven't you? You've got, to, you've got to stick it through. You can't just go, I'm going to eat 52 fish fingers. I'll see you next year, Explaining mum. Explaining that away on, on January the 2nd. All right, Craig, good Christmas. Yeah, not bad. Got battered Christmas Eve and uh, stayed in Christmas Day at 52 fish fingers. No one's going to envy that day, are they? No one's going to think, oh, that's the life. I want Craig's life at the moment. I'm sure everything else is... It was just that day. It was just... A, I mean, do what he likes. He's a fully grown man, I'm guessing. I just, think, I just think after about 32, you say... I want to move on with my life. <laughs> yeah. Well, you certainly can't force down. If you have a change of heart after 52 fish fingers, you're not going to think, I could murder a bit of turkey and all the trimmings now. Have we done this one very quickly? Gary and Pontefract. My friend accompanied me to my father's funeral. We drove from London to Leeds. On the way, I bet him £20 if he could eat 20 McDonald's hamburgers and I'd pay for them. It's what, my, it's what his dad would have wanted, Yeah, isn't I think it? he unbelievably accepted and set about them like a wild dog until ham, hamburger number six, oh dear. where the pace slowed considerably much yeah. like England's batting but he would not give up right. the remaining burgers by this point were cold and getting increasingly hard in texture <laughs> in fact we had to pull over at the 11th and 13th so they couldn't return let's not be quite as graphic as that <laughs> Gary uh, the next day he stayed in bed um, being ill and missed my dad's funeral <laughs> it's, uh, it's your a fault. good story but a bleak story <laughs> Gary it's, um, what with that and the 52 fish fingers about I a suppose, bleak five minutes I suppose sometimes sometimes it's good to talk about <clears throat> death and sometimes you just yeah. want a distraction and maybe he just wanted a distraction and his oh. way was yeah 20 getting hamburgers mate, getting his mate to eat 20 hamburgers so there we are the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast yeah. can we congratulate Clive Myrie who is the new <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he never misses the show the new host of Mastermind yeah and he said this he said what a privilege it is to take on this new role taking it from John Humphreys who I must think I, I never thought was that great at the small talk you know he was sort of used to grilling politicians yeah. and then it was it like was so just, merry it was always a bit so eggy merry. it was like he was giving yeah. prizes at exactly. a school fate that's it? why you love you know uh, whatever whatever crochet in the 40s yeah it was a terrible conversation and he says Clive Murray says mastermind with Magnus and Magnus and formed the backdrop to my youth did it Clive I mean really? it, like, it, it's like Robbie Keane saying oh I was a Spurs fan since I was a boy yeah. every club he went to I yep. supported LA Galaxy when I was a boy <laughs> did Clive Murray really have Magnus Magnus and posters up he was would he playing mastermind they would have had uh, there, there was that magazine you could buy that had posters of Magnus Magnus <laughs> wasn't there really I think I can't remember what it was it was Icelandic. Oh, mate, Andy yeah. Smart, sorry, been in touch uh, on the Sean Murphy yes. eatathon. He says, I once ate, I once ate 17 creme brulees in a hotel room in, <laughs> in Tehran for a bet, which sounds like an Alan Partridge. <laughs> we were very bored, says uh, Andy. God, that would have been him and Nick Hancock, probably. That is rich, isn't it? And this totally... is a good one from Joanne, though. Hello, Joanne. After I kicked out my ex-husband, says Joanne, my first Christmas with my son, who was four, I bought the biggest turkey and the biggest Christmas pudding I could find. I cut everything in half and I've never seen a four year old eat too much 
eat so much food in a day. Half a turkey. Thank you, Joe. At four. Sorry, there's more on this Clive Myrie story. The Kate Phillips. Blimey, thing. you're obsessed, man. <laughs> I am. The the entertainment boss of the BBC said Clive will be a superb host. I'm sure he will. Witty, wise, and with a wicked sense of humour. Which we rarely get a chance to see, see in news master, circles. When do you see it on Mastermind? Where's the wicked? Where's the wicked sense of humour come in? I don't, I don't know. Maybe they'll about his love maybe, of scale electrics. Maybe there's going to be a sort of topical stand-up window at the top of Mastermind <laughs> in the new look. <laughs> well, they've, they've got rid of the mass report, haven't they? So, you know, go out there a, and do go out there and do a, a satirical. Fi- go and do a satirical five, and then into the uh, into the specialist realm. He is a consummate interrogator who also understands the fear involved when facing a barrage of questions in the spotlight. Oh, he's yeah. mastermind. It's a bit of a chat. He's a, a great chair, journalist with a great voice. I, I mean, that, that's that's been the remit. I'm sure you do a brilliant job. I we think he will. I'm, I'm not saying he won't. No. I'm just saying I think I don't well, believe. It sounds it was to a, me a I'm little saying... bit of professional jealousy <laughs> that that was a job that <laughs> Rushton quite fancied at some point. I don't believe. Well, to be fair. Magnus Magnuson was not the backdrop to my youth, so I don't des- so I don't deserve it. <laughs> Were you the Humphreys years? I tell you, if I say Fred House go to you, I get a thousand yard stare. No, I don't do know I? what you're talking about. Well, there we are. That's for you, for Jacobs the, and Kellner. One, to talk for, about. <laughs> one for the teenagers. Uh, I once uh, managed forty three snails in garlic in a restaurant <laughs> built into a cave in Spain. I was a bit lively the next day. You don't even need to explain that, Dave, the Chelsea fan. We know exactly what that means. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. There we are. That was uh, this afternoon's show. We'll do it all again tomorrow, won't we? Oh, I hope so. It exactly is. the same show, like, well, then word for word. Well, I think we did. How long would it be before anybody noticed? <laughs> Just script the whole thing overnight. That seems like more work than actually doing a new show. <laughs> So anyway, uh, we're back tomorrow. It is International Week. Anything could happen. Um, we're even thinking of speaking to a bloke that's drunk a lot of Capri Sun. <laughs> by <laughs> next, Dave, when, by next Wednesday, we'll be leading with that, I tell you. Yeah, it, look, if, you have, if anything's ever happened to you, yeah. let us know and, and we'll get you anything, on next week. Just anything's ever <laughs> yeah, happened yeah. to you. There's a good chance it could be on before next Friday. Anyway, but for now, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.